The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as Terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Hey there, Arachnids. I'm here. Hey, it's me. It's Dr. D. That's who I am. And I'm here to dedicate this dad joke to the just one of the best people out there. His name's Jello. It's his wife, Jasmine Jello, and they have a cat named August and Bandit. I'm assuming their last name is also Jello. And she will forever be the cutest ladybug. So, hey, stop me if you've heard this one. The waiter came up and asked the man, sir, how do you like your steak? He answered with, like winning an argument with my wife. And the waiter said, rare it is. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Yeah, I did it. Hooray. The continuity is not ruined. Which I just, you know, spoiler alert, I just finished Loki. You want to talk about uh, continuity and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, this is your host, D the D, Dr. D, reaching out through the supervision free source of Infinity Interfacing. I'm joined today by my new partner in Infinity, Erin, who I heard brushes her teeth with a bottle of Jack. Every morning. Wow. I'm just here to establish an alibi. <laughs> That's a good that's a good one. Today on Arachne, we're gonna be talking about significant others and how to, you know, to some extent get other people to help you with your infinity hobbying and community building. But first I gotta talk about business. Arachne is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up for our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com, Professional Casual Network 1. I should specifically say that if you do sign up for the Patreon, if you do Digital Nomad, it is specifically helping us out. I keep neglecting to say that, but if you specifically wake up every day and your little blinkers open up and you're like, man, I really want to help Dr. D sound like an idiot online even more, I should give him the Digital Nomad tier on the Patreon. It actually really does help us out. I use it to upgrade the equipment pretty much audio every single time because uh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm a, I'm the D is for doofus. I'm Dr. Doofus. And I personally am sponsored by Monument Hobbies. Uh, they make the best paints in the in the game. They just released the tr not transparent, the own oh goodness me. What's the word? Uh oh. Opaque. Flashy. Fluorescence. <laughs> not even close i'm the best painter in the world this is what they call marketing so uh fluorescence they just released the fluorescence on black friday along with a new medium for making like oil washy grime type stuff i have them both on order i will probably give you a a babby review of it next week hopefully because i'll have them by then 
very excited. I'm very, very excited to try them. If you would like to also try them before I give it as any kind of review, if I could speak English, you can use the code professional casual, all caps, and you'll get yourself a swanky little discount. And that actually directly helps me. Sorry about the dogs in the background. Uh, directly helps me by telling them that we sent you. And hey, wouldn't that be really cool if you could help us out like that? And we can never forget our sponsor, Mr. Laser, Mr. Laser at squaresite.com. So uh, to kind of hopefully bring it all concisely, we're going to have to start mentioning all the events that happen locally. So I want to make sure I bring up Captain Con. It happens on February 3rd and 4th. It will be in Warwick, Rhode Island. It is run by people local to us, a lot of the people that we know in this community. They're very, very good people. It's a lot of fun. On Friday, they have a beer affinity event that I know really brings people in. I've never been able to come to it just because it's on a Friday, but I've heard it goes really well. And my very first Infinity event coming back to the game was actually at the Captain Con two years ago. So I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a small turnout, and the turnout has gotten bigger since then. And the community up here is amazing, so I guarantee you'll have a really good time. We also would like to bring up the fact that I'm about to run a Bushido event in January on the 27th at Webway Games. It will be the first like official Bushido event. This one will actually be ranked so you can get internet fancy points, as Derek likes to call them. And that's going to be taking place in Marlboro, Massachusetts. And of course, we cannot forget about Everwinter. It is happening on December 9th and the 10th in the Boston area is the Weston Waltham, Boston. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. By the time this is out, I think it's going to be in like maybe two-ish weeks, I think. Maybe even it's going to be maybe even less than that. So if you hear this episode and you want to go, you have to look it up uh, right now, actually. So pull your car over and buy your tickets. We don't have, there's not a lot of seats left. We had a great time. I got to tell you right now, we just had a great time. Um, I'm... I'm feeling myself through the cosmic interface with the world. And I got to say my jazz hands, I can feel it. I can just tell how much fun we had. All right. Anyway, so enough about all the stupid things I have to pitch at the beginning of every episode. Thanks guys for listening and, uh, you know, getting to the actual content. Aaron is the significant other of Derek. Now, Derek was on here two episodes ago. I want to say, uh, Derek is an absolute loved member of our community and right behind him indefinitely on equal footing. We absolutely love Aaron. Aaron is the, lady behind the curtain that keeps everything like i guess like i don't want to say officially but actually running nice and smoothly and we're here to give her an interview because i think it's very important that we talk about the fact that significant others do have a strong like part to play when it comes to the community that we do love when it comes to playing model games not even just infinity in general so if you know somebody not even in the infinity community but you're like oh they run events for warhammer or they run events for relic knight whatever this might be a great episode for them to listen to because it'll give you a little bit of a peek under the hood when it comes to the other side of you know the other half i guess you know the, the, the better half as they say hi aaron hi how's it going uh if i was a bird i'd fly into a ceiling fan oh my gosh that's crazy hey since you're here do you want to record a podcast I'm in. Sweet. All right. So as ever, as always whenever these interview episodes come up i always like to ask about the nerd origin stories so aaron Set the stage for us. We're all here. We're here for you. What is your nerd origin story? Go. I'm three years old. I'm in a shopping cart in probably Kmart with my 80 year old grandma who's okay. She wasn't 80 at the time, but who magically discovered that I knew how to read when I asked for a book and started reading it in the store. <laughs> so reading is kind of what kicked it off for me. I've always loved to read. And then, you know, computers came out and I still love to read, but Computer games and the the science fiction that came with it 
was really intriguing to me. I used to love to play puzzle games like Miss, The Sacred Mirror of Kofun. Uh, I think that one was the Jacques Cousteau game, which may have also intrigued my marine biology kick. But, you know, ultimately in high school, um, we got really into science fiction and reading. And uh, with friends in high school, we actually started to write our own Star Wars fanfic, which is about over 100 pages long. And that's where, you know, the nerd really took off reading, writing, fanfic, all of that. And after I met Derek, I finally got to run my own Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, I'd never had any experience with it, but there was a lot of encouragement. And that it's been almost, I think it's been a year or two, and that game is still going on. I have four, no, five former DMs in my game, so it's really helpful. But it's really interesting to me watching somebody live in essentially your story, your writing, without having to do all of the heavy duty work of, of it. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where I started from reading, writing, mostly Star Wars. All right. I have a few very important questions and comments. I got you. What is the difference between just writing and a fanfic? Well, when you're writing a fanfic, the world is built for you. When you're, if you're writing something completely original, you don't, you have to build the world yourself. What are the rules? What are the limitations? What are the challenges? But when you're writing a fanfic, most of that's built for you and you're just writing within someone else's world. Okay. So if I were to write, let's just say an audio drama in the infinity Mm -hmm. universe, let's just hypothetically say that I'm writing that. Would that be considered a fanfic because it's in a pre-established IP? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, there you go. And I'm here for it. My Some of my best friends enjoy writing fanfic, and it's a creative outlet for them, and it's amazing. Because usually fanfic is connected with a much more negative connotation. I absolutely agree, and I think that it's a shame because it seems like it's one thing, it's one thing if you're building fanfic with characters that are already in the story, you know, it's and you're basing it off of, okay, you know, what if Harry Potter married Hermione or something instead, <laughs> you know, something ridiculous like that versus building your own characters that live within the universe with pre-established rules and conditions, et cetera. I always figured, which, I always figured that was the difference was. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen people like as writing like Harry Potter fanfic and as the story was being released by JK Rowling, you know, anticipating what was going to happen. And I've honestly read fanfic that, was much better than the actual story itself because people like to make their own connections, their own. It's like watching lost, you know, everyone's theories were so very different. And at the end it was almost a disappointment because what people had come up with in their own minds was so much better than what was happening on screen. Well, to put it into perspective, I've never seen lost. So anyway, uh, (laughs) after you, so with the D and D thing, one thing I've noticed having written a few stories myself, is that other DMs are always the best players because they're much more willing to actually like, I guess, appreciate the hard work that you actually, that you put into it as opposed to going full murder hobo. My players still go full murder hobo, but it it's, it's come to a point where these are, you know, five people who don't really know each other, but have formed friendships through playing this game and get their own creative outlet and energy out. And I honestly think it's a great 
thing to do any kind of role playing you know that's why I don't make fun of LARPing or anything like that because you get out your creative energy however you have to uh, as long as you're not hurting anybody else yeah Brady you big nerd anyway so <laughs> we know that you yourself don't well I guess I know that you yourself don't play the actual infinity game you actually mostly just stick to the like logistical side of everything that happens in our community. So what do you, what do you actually know about the infinity universe? I know that my basement is full of five shelves of models. There are definitely cool models in that collection. And there's definitely times where I've pulled models out of the box. I think there was a, a prize pack that came in and I looked at, I looked at it. I was like, those are actually kind of cool models. I wouldn't mind painting those. I've painted my own um, Age of Sigmar. I don't know That's who they are. I tend to think of what they were because they're all fish and I'm a marine biologist and they're all water elves and things like that. So I really enjoyed painting those. I have a whole turtle that's sitting behind me waiting to be painted, haunting me. It's what, haunting me. One of the coolest things GW's ever made is that is that turtle model. I agree. It's incredible. <laughs> He's waiting to be painted um, in a box on my shelf over here. But I pulled the O12 out. I was like, those are cool. I'd, I'd love to paint those. But there's there's almost zero chance that I will ever understand the rules of the game. Not because I don't. I, I just don't have the mental space for it with the things that I want to learn and know and build on. And the way you, you, t- you, you all talk about it at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and ways that I could barely understand getting the age of Sigmar out in the deacon off the ground. And I was taught by the Sherpa uh, for a game. <laughs> um, and so the thing I, the, that I do know about infinity is that there are some cool models and that it's mostly about community and the su- success of the game is, and the nerd to play it, it depends on the community that's built around it. And that's ultimately where I found my place. So the good news is, is, since this podcast is very pro community as opposed to being good at much of anything, uh, we at Arach- we here at Arachne, uh, we like to reward the fact that the the journey is a part of the the like the 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 what am I trying to say? The the journey is the reward most of the time, at least to me. Cause if you have a good community, you should enjoy it while it's there, right? Because nothing ever lasts forever. And someday this, you know, this community might eventually go away or whatever. But while you're here, while you have the community that you do manage to have or you're able to create, you should do everything you can to cherish it. Because like I said, one day you may not have it. So you should just do everything you can to help it as much as possible. And it's a good idea to tell other people to make sure they take it for, you know, don't take it for granted. And to make sure you know that the people in your life know it is important to you so that they don't try and, take it away from you. You know what I mean? But again, I guess that kind of leads into the next question is like, Derek, we all know he's a big old dummy face. And so he gave us his side of the story <laughs> about how this whole thing happened. You guys obviously met, you guys met during COVID, but what is your side of the story? We have the rare opportunity to hear both sides of the story. So please enlighten us. So we were introduced by, I had been on a dating website and met another person in the infinity community who will remain nameless because they will and we realized pretty quickly we weren't gonna you know we could be friends and that was about it and his comment on introducing me to Derek was partially to get me involved in role-playing games because he knew I had interest in Dungeons and Dragons but his selling point on Derek was you're both bitter about your exes (laughs) 
And I was like, not a real selling point, but whatever. So we started talking and hit it off real well and eventually started dating mid-pandemic. And in terms of, you know, getting involved in Infinity, I'd, I'd been involved in running large events in the past, mostly Relay for Life, Cancer Walks. I've done work conferences, you know, big things like that. Uh, I'm an organizer. I've always been. <laughs> and when Derek and I first got together, we were both divorced, both had children. And so we were dedicated to building our relationship first before we involved them. And that meant prioritizing the weekends that we could be together. And some of those weekends involved infinity tournaments for him. And losing a whole day while you're building a relationship during a pandemic is kind of a big deal. <laughs> and so I asked if I could check it out because it's right near where my mom lived. And I was going to my mom's house to do laundry, uh, mostly because <laughs> the laundry in the apartment building I was living in had a sign up one day that was like, please stop putting feces in the dryer. And I was like, nope, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So I forget that. And so I checked it out and Derek invited me into his infinity world just to check it out. And that itself was a new experience for me, just being included by my partner. Now, now, would you say that this community has led to much better washing and drying situations? I don't, I'm not sure that the infinity community had anything to do with my house purchase and the upgrading of my washer and dryer, but you know, sure. Weird hill to die on, but at least you're dead. There you um, go, Arachnids. We did it. We helped Aaron wash her clothes consistently and washing machines you know, that aren't filled with poopy. <laughs> we did it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I checked it out. It seemed like he was having a great time and when he was running it, I'd hang out for a few hours, read my book, kind of listen in, and I'd see him fiddling with papers and doing all these things. And I'd ask questions and just say, well, what if you did this instead? You know, what if you did it this way? What if I made this for you? And he was just so receptive to all of my suggestions. And over time, I just got more and more involved until ultimately, in my own way, again, I found my place in this community. Hey, so that that alone means that uh, Derek's not exactly the biggest doofus. He listened to constructive criticism. <laughs> what a what a what a manly way to live your it was life. Very manly. So obviously, when the events are happening, Derek is the to rules arbiter, whatever you want to call it. You, what do you do? So explain the dynamic. What happened? What, what's going on at Cube Freeze? Well, for Everwinter, I finally made assistant TO. I know. Ooh, fancy. Did you get a fancy badge? Uh, I think so. I didn't get one last year, but they printed one up for me. <laughs> sure, one sure they did. They did. I was, <laughs> I needed one. And Derek was like, oh, I forgot to register. But she's helping. Make her one. So it's hanging up on my corkboard right now. And yeah, um, we're partners. He runs the show and I provide organizational support. I keep the roster. I double check the tables so there are no duplicates. So somebody doesn't play on the t- same table twice. I keep track of challenges. I have the list of stuff we need to bring, organized prize support, things like that. Uh, he- Derek is the knowledgeable face of the event and I'm the support. And we both contribute to the social aspect Uh, We actually had a really interesting discussion after the Queen's Gambit tournament. Um, I didn't stay the whole day, but I was there for a little bit. And that was when I realized I'm not 
quite an outsider anymore. I I was walking around and the nerds were addressing me by name, asking me questions, socializing with me like a peer. And I realized that now I was part of this infinity community, not just support for it. And that just kind of was a really interesting revelation. Would you say that they're trapped in here with you now? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and here's why. I understood my role as the social butterfly. And I'm I'm naturally an introvert. I need a lot of time to recharge after events. But I can absolutely be the extrovert I need to be at these events and help run the event, print out papers, get clipboards, collect data, make sure my partner's able to float around and focus on their role. I can take the emotional load off of what am I going to eat? Was my water bottle full? And I have the freedom to be there where a lot of partners don't. <laughs> so I don't want others to feel obligated to operate at the same capacity that I do. I do the minor things so he can focus on the big picture. But we're both socializing and making sure that everyone feels welcome. We learn people's names. We invite them to lunch and dinner. Because that's ultimately what builds community and friends. You know, and these I are nerds that I check up on regularly. It's it's kind of weird, right? When everybody's in the same channel and you can reach out to... A, but I guess the best way to put it is when you see an internet persona of somebody knowing who the person is behind the the little stupid logo or whatever it is that people use, it makes it much more like impactful. I agree. I was at last year's Everwinter and Nick was sitting next to me. We we're having dinner and I have my, you know, icon tattooed on the inside of my wrist. It's a personal reminder for me, but he was sitting next to me. I had short sleeves on nothing and I had been waving my arms around. So it was very visible. And he goes, do you know who Fox is in the discord? I was like, it's me. <laughs> right here. So I don't, I honestly think that if the pandemic did anything, it made us a little bit more relying on, rely, not reliable. It made us rely more on this social, digital social relationships because our in-person ones, we couldn't put our energy into for safety reasons. And that ultimately led us to communicating on a regular basis. Like even when we're, you know, Derek and I are, we see each other every night, every single day, we're still communicating throughout the day, just on things that are happening. And that kind of communication wasn't normal, even a few years ago, to have between partners and less between a bunch of nerds sharing thoughts and ideas on the internet. And now it happens daily, regularly, people sharing their lives and creating friends and community. And that's ultimately the thing that not just drew me in, but drew a bunch of others too. Yeah, for sure. Which just goes to show you how important the social aspect of infinity is. Like as someone who's even just recently come into this, you're like, again, I've come from infinity. I've been playing it since like I was in community college. You figure you've only been around for like two years. All of this is probably new, you know, newish. I'm sure you've been in communities before, but how important is the social aspect of infinity to you? It's critical. I mean, the social aspect is 99% of what it's about for most of them, I think. Not just playing the game, but I mean, it's, it's ultimately what, when you get older, <laughs> I know how, <laughs> when you get old, older, no, when you're an elder millennial, you 
have so much more focus on raising your kids and managing your job and managing a household that it's hard to keep up with those critical friendships and tournaments and the infinity community make it so that people can connect on a more regular basis. And that's why it's really important to me and my partner that we encourage each other doing the things that we love. So for the partners out there, if you have someone you love that's going to do their hobby for a tournament, you know, don't have expectations about when they're going to be home. Good tournaments always have a community element and it's a critical component to the tournament and the game's overall success. Rarely do tournaments allow time to process the games in any kind of constructive way. And the community time, whether that's sushi after the event, drinks at a bar, staying at a hotel, is a critical part of it. So if you're a player and you're going to go, go for the entire event, including the socialization. And partners should know that in a good infinity in tournament includes that critical aspect. And in some cases, it's really the prime social time that these nerds get, especially if they're later in their, you know, they're elder millennials like me. And it is even possible to invite, I don't want to say invite yourself, but you could say, Hey, can I come? Cause if they can see, again, it's like talking to somebody online, right? If this, if the significant other sees, Oh, these are the people that you're constantly talking to or texting while we're at dinner. And I wish you would stop and, you know, stop being such a you know jerk and doofus, blah, blah. but it's like, once you see the face to, Oh, Hey, you're listening to actually, and funnily enough, this actually came up. That's what the dedication at the beginning of this came from is somebody from the community was listening to the podcast and she was around because she really liked dad jokes. And so she started listening to the podcast because she really enjoyed the dad jokes and kind of stuck around for the rest of it. Well, now I've actually seen her. We've, in a, in a way we've met. So now me and her have like a kind of connection that you can't get with just somebody over like a internet forum or a discord channel. Cause she has the face and she's seen a personality that isn't just like a constructed podcast. Right? So if your significant other even has the opportunity at the end of your event, if they're like, Oh, Hey, I can, I can come because of a babysitter or whatever with kids. If they can come, I would say bring them because if anything, them being able to see where it is you disappear instead of just a mindless, oh, he's going to the game store as opposed to, oh, he's going to hang out with the people that give him the energy to get through another work week. <laughs> Those are like two very like different things, right? So that's how I view it. And every single time I've ever had a significant other and I tell him I'm leaving, I'm like, I'm going to be gone all day. There really is no like, there's no other option for me because that I need it personally. I mean, this particular meta wouldn't be what it is without the social aspect. That's what the big draw is. I know some people live far away. They can't commit to staying overnight or staying for dinner. And that's why I organized the group lunch order um, for most of our events. I'm not going to do it for Everwinter because that's a lot of nerds. <laughs> um, but ultimately, we do it so we can, we can capitalize on that lunch hour socializing, talking strategy, and so on. And, you know... Some of it is about changing the language. I've talked with Derek about this. <clears throat> when we get new nerds into the the meta, into the community, you know, it changes. Instead of walking in and saying, hey, we do this thing for sushi, you know, after dinner, we, we, we go, you know, excuse me, after the tournament, we go out to dinner. You can come if you want. And that sounds a lot different from, hey, you know, Joe, I'm so glad that you're here. We go out for sushi afterwards. We would love it if you would come. There's a huge difference in how those two hit, especially two nerds, you know, who may or may not have a lot of social time. 
And it makes a huge difference in how they respond over time. Um, so many of them are used to people not understanding or appreciating their love for the hobby or the game. And we do our best to make this a safe space for that. And the community reflects that. Our mirror neurons want the same emotion we're witnessing in others. So you see participants who wouldn't speak to anyone during their first tournament welcoming new players and introducing themselves by their third or fourth tournament. I mean, I've seen nerds do this exact thing, witness this behavior change over the past two years. That's amazing to see. And that's what just keeps me coming back. It's like watching somebody's personal growth. As yeah. A person. So it's funny. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but there was people I played infinity with back and into and he, this, it was a dad and his kid was right around that, like, like preteen, if not early teen age, uh, they played in the same shop as us and he would bring his kids to play with them. Super and wildly intelligent kid. Let me tell you, absolutely. It's stunning how smart he was, but he was still like a 12 year old. If you've ever met a 12 year old, you know what I'm talking about. They're just a little energetic, uh, annoyance. <laughs> is the best way to put it but he was wildly intelligent for his age and it's so crazy that every time i go back to florida they still play games together and it can change on the game right and i've bumped into this kid again and he's essentially an adult now he's if not he's if he's not 18 he's real close and it was amazing to see the difference in somebody Going from it's like, ah, uh, because I'm obviously not a parent, so it's like I don't see my kid like slowly grow or whatever. But it's amazing to see a human being in the different like life stages that they could possibly be in. Just to, so to see that on a social level, obviously, it's not as critical as like somebody's like human development is like from a baby, right? But if you can see somebody come from a shy, kind of stuck in their own shell, and then maybe two or three events later become, oh, they're just a part of the boys now, and they're all playing. Uh, do earmuffs for your kids. They're all sitting around and they're playing grab ass with the rest of the guys. That's a really cool thing to see because you can really see the things that people tend to hide when they're like, you know, they're just like scared. You know, if that's, you know, they're just like, they don't know how to, what to do. Right. Cause maybe they haven't had that group of friends that they used that they would play grab ass with. And it's really beautiful to see in my opinion. I agree. I think, you know, we try to involve the kids in our different hobbies and the different things that we like to do. The hope that maybe they'd have interest in it or develop their own interest out of it. And, you know, my kids watch Derek painting his models and ask questions. They like to paint their own models. We go to the game store together. And ultimately, that's what we want is this acceptance of the things that are the people we love care about. We don't want to shame people for enjoying the things that they enjoy. If we don't enjoy the same thing, that's totally fine. But you can still support it, even if you don't. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy playing the Infinite. I can't even keep up. But I can absolutely enjoy being a part of the community. And Derek and I running tournaments together, is, it's part of our relationship now. And we're really lucky that we have it. And I think your guys' case is definitely a... It's definitely the exception, I think, with the level that you guys take it. It's okay to not get to your guys' level. So, like, if you have a significant other that doesn't necessarily want to help you run events, it's probably not, like, something you should be angry about. I would probably say if you could ever get them to that point, that would be amazing. But how would you... So, as me saying that, how do you recommend you get an, a significant other involved in general? So, I, I have an easy four-step plan. 
that you can easily follow. Uh, step one is to get a really cool trapper keeper. You keep your lists in it. You show it off to your partner. Uh, buy your partner a Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. If they love their Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, marry them. If they, you don't have a partner, a Trapper Keeper works to attract a partner. And 60% of the time, it works every time. So you're saying if I show a Trapper Keeper off on like a dating website, women will dig me? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. All right. Arachnids, get out there. Get on the dating websites. Show them the Arachne logo. Get us out there. We're on the dating websites now. Incredible. All right. Keep going. Uh, Step two, you've actually, you've nailed it. Um, I am the exception, not the standard. Um, We are the exception, not the standard when it comes to partners and support and running infinity events. We're both divorced. Our children spend every other weekend with their co-parents. So we have weekends to spend time together and work on our relationship. And that gives us opportunities that couples, especially couples with children, do not have. (laughs) Couples with children can't do these things without (laughs) having their kids tag along, which sometimes can be great, but you can't always do that for an entire day. So support is going to vary based on what your relationship looks like and the needs of your family. And it's going to And any number of circumstances in a given moment, it might look as basic as, sure, honey, you go play Infinity and I will stay home with the kids. And as complex as, let's run a tournament together. (laughs) But again, we are the exception, not the standard. Step three, talk to your partner (laughs) because you want to check in on their needs. Um, My ex-husband was a runner and I wanted to get into running and I asked if I could run with him and he said no. (laughs) And there's another reason that relationship's over, but... (laughs) But ultimately, it was a hobby that he enjoyed doing alone, and he preferred to do as his time away from me as a partner. So it's really important to give your partner the opportunity to communicate if they want to share that space and that hobby with you, and for you to communicate if you have no interest in sharing that space or hobby with them. Uh, If you aren't interested or able to, you know, participate, you can still support. You can make space for their hobby physically and metaphorically as you hope they would for your own interests. And make sure that you do take that. Take that space for your own hobby or activity to balance out the relationship. And I think Derek touched on this in his podcast, in his time on the podcast. You know, you could help them prepare for the event by packing them a lunch or extra water or snacks or invest in their gear for easier travel to these events. You know, if you're the participant, make sure that your partner's set up for success, especially if there are children involved. Help your partner prepare for the day without you. Pre-make dinner, arrange for a babysitter. Whatever it is, you can ask them what they need. What do you need? That's a that's an exquisitely <laughs> good idea, actually. Very Such a simple thing, but actually, so, that's a really good point. There's something I really want all partners to know. And it's kind of a big thing. This is the this is the the hill that I will die hey, on. <laughs> so hold on, should we pay all this behind like a Patreon ad or something like you that? Absolutely. You're gonna have to. Yes, all right, sure. guys. I'm sorry, you can't go over this very important detail unless you pay for. No, nah, go ahead. Don't make your partner feel bad for spending a day doing something that they love. Don't make them guilty for staying out late or not being around to help with the kids for a day. Advocate for the same time for yourself, a day to yourself while they stay home with the kids, or. Someone watches the kids and you go support your partner. But nerds, she is not going to advocate for herself as much as you think. And here's why. The domestic, emotional, and mental load that women carry is astronomical, especially if they have kids. And I know this because I've been there. (laughs) And I felt like I'm not allowed to do the same thing. 
to have this alone time without my kids, without my partner. Not because my partner says that I can't, but because our generation has been raised with far too many expectations. You got to be the boss, babe, or the working mom. Please don't. We've grown up with that mentality when in reality, we should be enjoying life a lot more. And when you propose attending an infinity event for a day or for a weekend, say, here's what I want to do to support you. I'm going to make meals ahead of time. I'm going to order you pizza. Grandparents come and help. Whatever you need to do, ask them what will work best. And then plan with your partner how you're going to reciprocate that time. However you have to do it. If you have to do it in smaller, shorter events where she takes the morning off or afternoons, whatever it is, reciprocate, reciprocate, reciprocate. And so and as an interesting aside, when it comes to Kara, right, I pretty much let her do whatever she wants. Right? If she says she wants to go do something, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't even matter to me. Go do your thing. Obviously, we have a bit of an exception because of the fact we don't have kids or whatever, which makes it a lot easier. But even just when she's editing the episodes, by the way, thank you, Kara, for editing the episodes. Sometimes I'll just ask her, hey, do you want me to bring you a snack? And she gets a just a kick out of that, right? It's amazing how the cumulative effects of just the little things add up. It may not feel like it, but a lot of times you just being willing to do something is almost as good as actually doing it. If that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just relationship support. You have to be, you have to be willing to communicate and sometimes it's brutally honest. Derek and I do this all the time. It's called real talk. (laughs) And whenever we, we do it online, we do it in person. And the minute we say it, it's, like a red, like a red alert light goes off, not because it's an emergency, but because we know our partner needs our attention undivided. And whatever we say next is vitally important that it be heard. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, I love that you did this thing for me today. And sometimes it's, you've done a shitty thing and I need to talk to you about it. You've everybody always. So this is something that I learned early on through some of my own self-exploration is If every single time somebody says, hey, we need to talk, if it always inspires a feeling of dread, that's probably not a good thing. You should probably bring in the just like you should say, hey, like you were just saying, just acknowledging the little things. So even when I see Kara getting frustrated about whatever or something like that, I'll say, hey, I really appreciate how you made the dog food or, hey, I really appreciate how you made me a lunch the other day or whatever. And that's the best thing about it is that it could be the stupidest little thing, but you just stopping what you're doing and just looking at them and being like, Hey, I really appreciate you doing X is an amazing feeling for the other person because it really does give them a feeling that they're not just wasting their time. Like they're just throwing their energy into the void. And I think I do agree. I think a lot of nerds do miss that Mark. And the more and more I think about it, I would actually say that this podcast actually be kind of enlightening for me because it makes me think, oh, yeah, I guess I do take some of these things for granted. It's actually really good to hear. So I think this is a very important lesson for all nerds to learn because you can't get better at infinity if you don't have time to go play. So you have, you know, you have to treat your significant other better, I guess, if you want to be able to become the best. That's what we got to do arachnids that's what we got to do if our podcast is known for having members who treat their significant others the best then i by god i'm gonna take that award you go do it arachnids you treat your significant others so well i want middle list yeah <laughs> let's get the middle list in a spousal um reciprocation uh, it's literally the middle like we both get half of the time that's like we meet in the middle oh my 
God. My God. It just gets better and better. It, was, it really does. Good job. You know, middle ish just brings us all together. It, it gets us all in the middle, meeting on even footing. <laughs> what steps for? That's 100% like it. It's about your relationship. And that's the, I, before we go to step four, real quick, you know, the, the, the major thing behind real talk is that it's not always good and it's not always bad. And therefore it's just pure honesty. And it it's really hard, <laughs> especially in, you know, first time or whatever relationships. So it's, it's something everyone, including us has to work on. But step four, if you are the partner and you're willing, use your superpowers for good. And this is ultimately what I've tried to do in supporting the community. I've been an organizer. I know how to organize events. I know a lot of different strategies and techniques, uh, how to get, I know, mostly with classroom school-age children, <laughs> you know, classroom management skills. But ultimately, I found my place in, you know, helping design patches for the tournament is kind of where I really got started was Derek asking me, oh, hey, I have this idea for a patch design. I'm just not sure how to get it made. And I was like, well, I have a graphics designer I use for work. I can throw something up. Meanwhile, my workplace. <laughs> so I share my account with another coworker and there's just a bunch of like white blank things that all have random labels on them that if she ever looks at them, she's going to be very confused <laughs> between all the different patch designs I've worked on. Um, but ultimately that was, that's one of the things I love doing was just, he, he comes up with the ideas and I put them onto the screen and he, you know, tweaks and we let folks chime in and that's something that I can do that he, you know, can't or doesn't have the time to, or just, it's just beyond his skill set. I sew the patches onto the vests to, so that way he can show them off. And that's a skill that I have. With no shirt on, Derek. Yes, while he's... <laughs> Take your shirt off, Derek. I'll let him know. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. I thought you meant I was sewing them on while he was wearing it with no shirt. I mean, that's fine. Whatever you do in the confines of your own home, that's your own guy. It's your, it's your guy's business. Well, I mean, then that leads into Kara. You know, Kara didn't necessarily have the podcast editing skill before you started Arachne, but that's a skill that she's learned and has developed over time. So even if it's not something you have, it's, you could dive in and learn a new skill. So it's interesting you bring that up because whenever you have somebody learning a new skill, the best thing that they can do is make mistakes. So when they are helping with something that they might be new with, like in this case, podcast editing, she wanted to do certain things where I was just kind of like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with what you're doing, eh, you know, whatever. But nobody, if they're willing to help you do these kinds of things, they're not going to be making decisions to try and make it worse. Like they're not purposefully doing something to make your baby worse or break it or whatever. So it might actually be great idea for you for to just say, hey, do whatever you want. You're going to, you know, if you're in this situation, I'm just going to be like, I, I may not, and you might even tell them, I may not agree with what you're doing, but I want to see what comes out of this because maybe I'll be wrong. And I think that that level of trust uh, is very, uh, it's a good feeling knowing that somebody has your back. And even when you get the end result, instead of just being like, oh, this is, this is poopy. You could say, I really like this. I don't like this. 
And then you say, where can we find a compromise and have a discussion as opposed to attacking, if that makes sense. It does. It absolutely does. And that's that's part of it is recognizing that, you know, the mistakes are sometimes <laughs> there's sometimes the places where the best things happen because you I've I've drafted up a million patch designs and the ones that I never thought would see the light of day are the ones people have liked the best that I've just been like, ah, this one looks like crap. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to throw it up there, see what they think. Maybe they'll have ideas that I can then grow this design further. When I throw something out there, it's almost never a finished product because ultimately, and this is where I think becoming immersed in the community really helps is being able to make those mistakes and work with my partner to say, oh, you know, that's why I can't put this on a patch or that's why I've spelled this wrong or that's why this symbol is so important is learning more about the community. Like (laughs) I can tell you which symbols are infinity symbols in my graphics designer. I'm not sure I can tell you which one is which other than Pano, (laughs) but you know, ultimately I know that if someone wants a Pano design, I know which, which, design to look for now or where I'm going to be starting and I can ask questions to get to the information that I need to build something that the recipient is going to enjoy. And that immersion is what helps. It might not be the same, you know, working with a, with a podcast, but essentially whatever skills you have can be used as a superpower to support your partner. And they're going to do the same for you. You don't have to do what I do. You don't have to be, <laughs> be the exception, but as long as it gets reciprocated later, that's all that matters. It's what you can do to support each other's hobbies and interests, especially the things that bring them joy. And that's ultimately what I see in Derek every time he does one of these tournaments is I just see the joy build and build and the smile and the happiness. And the, the fact that he got to be a player in the last tournament was like all he talked about on the ride home. <laughs> and it was great. It was just, and I think Kara told me the word for this and I can't remember what it is. So she'll have to insert it at the end of the podcast. But it was, it's, instead of focusing on that feeling, instead of spending your time shutting down your partner's love of the game or the hobby, because you might as well shut down your relationship, revel in the joy that they have in it and look for balance. Most of the guys in this meta, most of the nerds in here understand this. So I don't want them to look at me as like, I wish my girlfriend or wife did that. Stop looking for the things you wish they were doing and look for the things that they are doing. That is something that I think you're, you're, you've told me that you're, you're, you're exceptional at. And look at what kind of support you're bringing to the table. But ultimately, instead of trying to shut down the thing that they love, embrace it with them, appreciate it with them. And that's where you'll be. That's how you end up part of the community instead of just. Was the word compersion? Yes, it was. <laughs> Did you just ask her? No, I, I double checked it. I'm pretty sure I knew the word. I was like, let me double check it just so, she did, so she I don't so I don't have to do a, a correction thing on the next episode. It was it was called compersion because I expressed the same thing when I was driving around with Kara during the Queen's Gambit tournament. And she said, oh, that's called compersion. And I was like, I'm never going to remember this term. And then I had to ask her when I got home. And then I forgot it again. <laughs> it's like compassion, but it's the compassion you feel for someone else. For someone, what they find passion in, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I'm... It's a great, it's a great word. If you can oh, absolutely. It. Like, I'm never going to go out and buy myself a set of models, most likely. But 
I can absolutely, you know, support and be here for when he wants to build models and paint and be in the same room. Sometimes that's all it takes is just proximity. And just so you know, there is a infinity role-playing game. Uh, so I've heard, I don't know if I think that's not what Derek reads in bed at night. I don't know. Cause he has a Kindle. That's where, that's where we diverge. <laughs> that's where our relationship is maker right now. <laughs> he, he has the Kindle and I have the real books. <laughs> I can't Although, although that's that's not one hundred percent true, he does enjoy the smell of like a new gaming book. He will just sit on the couch and just. It just smells <laughs> just like the asbestos filled factory that it was made in. Absolutely, mm, and then one of the kids so sneezes much. on it, and <laughs> <laughs> it's ruined. It's ruined forever. I am a physical book person myself. Uh, hey guys, comment down under the video if you're a physical book person or an audio book person. Uh, or a Kindle. If you pick the ones that aren't physical, you're wrong. Because uh, physical books, full life. Oh, 100%. They just need them. You got to lug them from house to house when you move. But even just filling your bookshelf has a really good feeling to it. You just get those like little dopamine hits when you fill it, finish a shelf. And you're just like, it's perfectly alphabetized. Uh, and by genre, it's so good. <laughs> For me, for me, it's those moments when you get to, you know, like this beloved series and you get to a point and one of your favorite characters bites it or something like that. You can't throw your Kindle across the room and hope for the best, but you can absolutely chuck that hardcover and it'll be fine. Stay away from George R. R. Martin books if you have characters that you like. No, I can't. Uh, well, I, I've survived Matthew Riley. He kills off a lot of characters, too. He's my favorite author. Oh, well, there you go. You hear it here, Arachnids. If you bump into Aaron at one of the local events, make sure you bring her whatever person she just said. Bring that book. <laughs> oh, God. He has a bunch, and I own them all. <laughs> she needs second editions. <laughs> I need first editions. Yeah. There you go. Okay. If you have an original printing of that person's books, bring them to the events. I would rather talk with somebody about them, to be honest. <laughs> okay. I've, then just talk to I've her. Met, That's a lot easier. I've met so many. I haven't met very <gasps> many people who've read his stuff. Wait a minute. Oh, Make gosh. notes in your Frank, your Frank Lisa, your Lisa Frank keeper. Trapper Keeper. Lisa, oh my God, put in your Trapper Keeper and compare notes. Look, I've already got mine, and I put stickers in it. It's ready. Oh my it's gosh! Ready? Did you hear that rip? You hear the little crackle? That's oh the yeah. <laughs> that's that's radio, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's the milkshake <laughs> that brings all the boys to the yard. Hey. <laughs> And all the stickers. It's got to have fish. I see fish. Those are, that's an octopus. Jeez, oh, that's octopus. taught you nothing. I thought our, our octopus is fish. No. No, they're not. They're invertebrates. Listen, if you're going to talk to one person in this world that knows the difference between vertebrates and invertebrates, it's a chiropractor. Yeah, come on, man. Octopuses, so put, I could give you a TED Talk. I thought fish be. could be vertebrates or invertebrates. I didn't think that was the distinction. No, fish are fish. fish are vertebrates. They can have they can you you get separated out into like cartilaginous fishes like sharks, but ultimately octopuses are mollusks. They are with clams ah. and mol clams and mussels and snails and chambered nautilus are the four branch main branches of. Um, that that particular mollusca, I don't know, family, one of the levels. <laughs> there you go, arachnids. You now know that. 
And you can curse somebody else with that knowledge too. Yes, that was my favorite animal when I worked at the aquarium was to was to walk by and see that I I would bribe the aquarist in the back to go and just she would have these beautiful tentacles and she would she they can taste you with their tentacles and they can taste the difference between anybody that they meet and they can recognize people and there were certain people there was one her name was Kali um she was the goddess of some kind of chaos I can't remember but she was in this giant barrel like attached to the wall and only this one mostly elderly volunteer named Wilson he was the only one who could really get near her because anytime they'd open the top and feed her she would just shoot water at whoever was there and there was another one who would put um she would taste people but there was one young intern that she just couldn't stand because she tasted her and she, and we, they realized later that she was taking a certain medication daily and that medication probably tasted very bad to the octopus. And that's why she shot water at her every time she went by, even though if she wasn't touching her, you taste terrible. <laughs> Anyways, octopuses. And to answer your question, Kali is the chaos, uh, chaos god in Hinduism. Yes, thank you. She is one of the forms of Kali Ma. See? Which is, which is from... Indiana Jones. Yeah. Or it's not from Indiana well, Jones. It's a re- reference. It's, you'd, you'd recognize the reference from Indiana Jones. And the Temple of Doom. Another great movie. Yeah, I mean. That I can't tell my kids. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame it stopped at three movies, right? Thank God. It, no, it it's crazy. have stopped. I can't believe they only had three movies I love, here. I love how this is the hill you and Derek die on is the lack of acknowledgement that there are any movies beyond the three. Well, why would you acknowledge something that doesn't exist here? And that sounds crazy. Anyway, so you've looked at a lot more models than I thought you did in originally in the Infinity Universe. So do you have one that you think looks the coolest? Anything that has ladies in reasonable armor. And by reasonable armor, I mean not high heels and not like the Black Widow butt sticking out angle or anything like that. Or overset. You don't know what I mean. Lady, reasonable sized ladies in armor. Even if it was just bulky man armor with a clear lady's face in it, I would buy that model and paint it. So what do you what do you think of Red Sonja? I have no idea who that is. I haven't Comic actually looked into any of them. <laughs> I like I said, I only really occasionally pull them out once like if they're in prize packs or he's ordered something or whatever. The last thing I saw that I was like, that looks pretty cool. I'd paint that were the O12 that came with the prize support. So Red Sonja is a popular comic book female, I guess you could say. Um, I would love to show you one, but that's not very good radio. Hold on one second. <laughs> Probably not. I couldn't tell if that was your dog or Derek's stomach. No, that was definitely the dog. He's... He's just a pain in the butt. This is Red Sonja. Oh, God. Yes, this is the exact opposite of what I'm referring to. All right, all right, Arachnids. She does not like models that look like Red Sonja. Yes, that, 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 I'm sure that battle thong will do great things. Make sure that there are no spears up her beehole. Hey, that's, you definitely don't want a spear there. Listen, I'm not, I'm not a fighting expert, but you definitely don't want a spear in your bunghole. I you definitely don't want to spear anywhere, and that's why the armor should be everywhere. But what do I know? I'm too clumsy to be around, you know, fragile masculinity. That's fair. 
So that's it. It's time. The thing that everybody's been waiting for. Oh, no. It's the word association time. So this one was a little difficult for me because of the fact that you don't really know much about the Infinity Universe in itself. So I had to think of something nerd-related that other people would be able to appreciate. And this one did kind of drive me up a wall a little bit because I wanted to make sure. I don't know to the extent of the things that you have read, which it sounds like you're very well-read. But again, it's I wasn't entirely sure. So, hey, here it is. I'm going to give you two words. In this case, it's going to be two names. You do not have to pick either one of them. You can give me anything. So I could say apples, banana, and you say pineapple. These are the rules for this game. It's very, uh, it's very, very important that you follow the rules. So here we go. And I only get the two words. I'm going to give you two words, and you get to pick which. You, you, again, you just you just time? go with it. I could it could okay. mean anything. Okay. All right. So John Ronald Tolkien. Or Frank Herbert. Assuming that Tolkien is the Tolkien? That's, yeah, it's George R. It's our George R. It's J.R. Like, uh, Tolkien. I was like, hold on, there should be another R yeah, in there. there but I wasn't. Uh, anything that's not Tolkien. Anything that's not Tolkien. Well, I look at. Oh, look. hot take. <laughs> here's, your, here's your hot take, okay? The reason I read Matthew Riley is because. The man knows how to get to the point and still make a good story. If I wanted to spend four hours of my evening reading a description of a forest, well, then that's what I'd do. But I don't. Ain't nobody got that kind of time, especially not a working mom. You get to the point, you create characters I love, and I will go from there. I watched one of the Lords of the Rings movies Whichever one the end one was where they had like 15 flashes of white light at the end with like number of endings going, oh, thank God it's over. Nope. Fuck the end. He had his chance in that movie to not screw me over 10 times in a row and he failed. I'm not reading any of that. No, I tried. I tried. Frank Herbert, whoever you are, you're my hero. Wow. He doesn't even know what Frank Herbert did. No, please tell me so I don't embarrass myself. It's the writer of Dune. Oh, I can get by. I can I can get along with that. I haven't seen Dune, but it's on our list. I haven't seen Dune. <laughs> Look, my nerddom has been very restricted. Wow. It's been Star Wars, Stargate, most of the stars. It's only Star Well, Dune is, uh, you could say, is definitely one of the more uh, foundational versions of science fiction. I know, but it took me a while because here's the fun fact. I... My dad, when I was young, my dad played Spaceballs instead of Star Wars. And I, to this day, I cannot watch the scene where the alien comes out of the stomach. I just can't watch it. I'm not a horror person. I will scream. I scream a lot. And I still can't watch that scene. But like when I was a little bit older, I was like, Dad, I want to watch the movie with the guy with the big helmet. And he put on The Empire Strikes <laughs> He put on Absolutely. he put on the Empire Strikes Back, and I was like, "This is stupid." <laughs> I changed my mind later once I had actually seen the first movie, A New Hope, and <laughs> and that and it built from there. But it it took a while because I was not introduced in the proper order. We have dedicated ourselves to introducing our children 
to all of these trilogies and sequels and whatever, especially Star Wars, in the proper order. Well, what is the proper order to you? Because I've I've heard people want to fight about that. Episode four is an episode. You start with okay. episode four. So you think you should everything. start from four, go to six, then one, two, three, and then like you want release order, and then seven. Yeah, you want release order. I mean, am I? Don't watch that Ewoks. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Please don't watch the Christmas special. I lose respect for you. I lose respect for you. And honestly, if you've seen it, you once, could probably yeah. watch seven, and you could probably skip eight and nine too. You could, and ultimately, I mean, I feel the, the way about Star Wars that a lot of nerds feel. You know, they want they want certain things out of it, but ultimately, I'm just happy to have more Star Wars. That's fair. Uh, I mean. Oh my gosh, we're gonna get into like a, a just a flame war somewhere in the internet when they hear this episode. Yeah, People someone's gonna, gonna freak each other. out. Yeah, it's fine. Listen, Star Wars is fine. It's fine. Well, I, didn't, I didn't name any of my children after Star Wars characters. That's good. I named one after Stargate characters. Oh, there you go. Obviously, that's how you. You know how she feels about that. That's how I talk my my ex into naming our son. <laughs> okay, well, what about C.S. Lewis? Do you know C.S. Lewis? I do. Um, I started reading it, and again. No, I don't. I'm not like a rush reader, but if there's if it's too complex, then I just can't keep up with it. It's just I don't know if it gets too descriptive and too boring. I need Matthew Riley is Matthew Riley is quick and it's actionable and he has maps. I, I loved it. He's got two major series and the fact that spoiler alert, they tie into each other in certain ways. It's one of those books, by the time you get to a certain point in one of the series, I was reading, scanning through the pages going, I know exactly who this is. Tell me the name so I know I'm right. I know exactly who you're talking about. And like my heart was beating so fast. I was so excited to know, to be in the know about this character. That's the kind of books that I want to read. I want to feel something. It's kind of like Suda51 in his video games. Yeah. So yeah, nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. Uh, Grasshopper Manufacturing. He's the guy that made, well, him, he's, he's, he was the well-known member of the people that made No More Heroes, if you know Travis Touchdown. All of, the bo- all of his games are like kind of linked, usually by like wrestling. Anyway, that's a quick aside. So, hey, Arachnids, we did it. We talked about a bunch of crap that had nothing to do with Infinity, and I think it was still pretty interesting. Welcome. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. And as far as things to appreciate, uh, because Thanksgiving did just recently happen, I wanted to specifically say right now, I really appreciate what you and Derek do. I think that the community wouldn't be what it is without you guys. And I hope that every community manages to find a version of you two to help get their communities going and to keep them going with the same level of, I don't want to use the word professionalism, but whatever the goofy version of the word professionalism is, I don't want to bring out a thorith. I don't want to bring out the, I can't even say the word. I don't want to bring out the book that gives you synonyms for the things that I wanted to say. I think we're going to have to invent a word for goofy professionalism. Yeah. It's called a a dill rivative. A dill rivative. I feel like, I feel like professional casual is kind of the word. (laughs) Hey, that's that's the the title of that work. Here you go, Tim. Tim just started recently listening to the episodes on release date, so he might get this in a timely manner. Oh, good. Well, I mean, professional casual is kind of kind of what I think of when you say goofy professional. Hey, it's all business in the front, Tennessee waterfall in the back. <laughs> I professional understand that and reference. casual. <laughs> 
Tennessee waterfall arachnids. Look it up. If you don't know what that means, it's great. It's not inappropriate. It is child safe. If you would allow your kid to see such a thing, you definitely don't want them to be influenced by that. So Aaron, I think we did it. I think we talked about how to hopefully get your significant others into helping you run an amazing community. Yep. And supporting them in their own communities too. Yeah. You sh- and that is definitely the takeaway. My final thought for this episode support your significant others because if they are a good significant other, they're going to want to support you and the things that you do. And if the infinity community or whatever community, quite honestly, it could be, it could be a grilling community for all I care about. I think it's very important and to bring it quickly to an aside because I am a doctor, there's actually been a really bad problem with males essentially losing what it is. They like kind of, I guess the best way to put it is they're losing their like kind of like their will to live in a lot of ways because of the fact that as males get older, they tend to lose their friends because most of their friends tend to be work focused. And then when they do go into retirement, they tend to essentially lose act that part of themselves. And there's a lot of guys out there that really can't recover from it. So something that I am a big advocate for is I do believe that males are at a disadvantage because, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with social norms, which is fine, whatever, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't the the time or place to really go into all of it. But I do think that if a guy wants to have a long, fulfilling life, they need to find communities. And if they don't find communities for whatever it is, again, it could be grilling, it could be miniatures gaming, but the communities are really what sustain us as humans, because as humans, we need that social interaction and we, and miniature gaming is a great way to do it. That's uh, you nailed it. That's partly what I think I was aiming for earlier, but I think you've put it perfectly and succinctly. And I think the only thing I would add is choosing it to be with a community does not mean a choice away from your partner. And I, a lot of people see it that way. Whereas, well, you're going to spend time with them, but you're not going to spend time with me, put effort and value into both and it will come back to you tenfold, but also don't see your partner embracing this time whether it's with you, if you can participate or away from you as a choice against you, that ultimately, that's not how you want them to see when you go off and do the things that you're passionate about. It's, it has to be supportive and there have to be, and I, I can a hundred percent see people saying, Oh no, you can go. They, they think about it all the time. They play it all the time. They do this all the time. Hobbies are a regular thing that get us away from everyday life, from the everyday stress of you know, the world. And yes, it's going to be a regular thing. And if you're having issues with it, that's when you have the conversation about balance. So don't cutting it off completely is never going to be the answer. Very well put, you know, between in this episode with us working together, I think you were the well manicured business haircut and I was the Tennessee waterfall. All right, guys, arachnids, that's going to wrap up another good episode of arachnids. Oh my God, I can't remember the name of the podcast. Arachne, this is an Arachne and Infinity podcast if you didn't have any idea. Guys, if you could go out there and give us some sweet, sweet five-star reviews, I don't feel bad asking because that's just the way it works these days. The algorithm is how how it works. If you can give us a review with words, a five-star review with words, that is a huge bonus to us and it really helps get our name out there. I've actually read some of them. People usually... It's funny what people say. The thing that comes up the most consistently is, yeah, they have really good energy. And then the other words are usually like, they're a bunch of doofuses. But man, I really like listening to them get excited about the stupidest stuff. As a side note, Dylan and I will be opening our marriage counseling 
therapy <laughs> practice in the next few weeks. Sign up early. There you go, guys. <laughs> Look at this. Arachne, Arachne sponsored marriage uh, therapy. Here we go. Uh, send me an email and I can send you a, you know, maybe I'll get a discount code to, to better help and or uh, what's that, uh, that other helping website thing. Um, I can't remember the other one. Maybe mind, I'll remember. Mind, the next one. I don't know. Mind something. I'll get a better help. Uh, dis- I'll, get, I'll get you a better help code if you need some marriage help. Yes. Therapy, therapy is never a bad thing. No, I've done it myself and it was very helpful. Yeah. If you need therapy, please go do it. So if you need a therapist, give us a five star review and you know what? We'll really appreciate it. (laughs) And we, you know, we just, we're going to, we're having a great time. All right. So my name's Dr. D. You can find me on discord at dr. D that spells Dr. D that's me. Or you can find me at furypainting at gmail.com. Where can they find you, Erin, if you even want to be found? Uh, if you want to find me, <laughs> uh, you can find me as FoxGivenZero on Discord. I probably won't answer unless you join the major Discord, because we all know about girls and gaming and things can go real bad. But ultimately, if you join the greater community, I'm more than happy to chat with you. Oh, it should be said... I get a lot of people that send me friend requests on Discord. I'm not sure if it's through this. If you are sending me a friend request through this, through the website, message me first because I'm not going to accept it if it's just some random friend request. <laughs> I, sh- I should say that. It's very creepy. Yes. I'd, I'd prefer if folks are really interested in gaming and in the community to join the Sunday Night Gaming um, Discord. Uh, or ask for an invite. There's usually one that pops up sometimes on the New England Infinity Facebook page. And I, if if you're interested, I would start there, and then that's where I'd be more likely to develop personal contact. There's even a little bit of like metachemistry going on there. You could say, mm. that's a Devin reference. Anyway, so I like to take this time to thank all the people that help keep this thing running. Tim, he's the one that runs PCN. He's the professional haircut to my Tennessee waterfall. And Kara's out there. She's doing the editing. I absolutely love it. I think she's reached a really good place. I made a comment about how, you know, some of the things I didn't think were going to work really well. She actually learned from it, and she applied it to other things she's doing. And right now, I think the editing is better than it's ever been. If I can remember to plug in my microphone. That's why I sounded so weird last episode, Arachnids. I'm a moron, and this stupid thing wasn't even plugged in. (laughs) Thank you, Kara. Thanks. So thanks for listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping out there, and don't let Aleph get you. May the bridges I burn light the way. I don't know what that means. All right, guys, have a nice day. Bye! Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash Professional Casual Network at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolf Warp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder 2nd edition actual play. 
and on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network. We've got, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol Povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.